point, I took it to this time, but it took me a lot of time to do and it's Mark, and I'm going to do it. So, there's an old song, whether you've heard of it or not, it's a weird name, it's Milos, right? So, that is so like, I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. I have no clue to stop. I'm not going to lie. So, I don't like it. I'm sure he explains himself in the song. All I know is this. Say something I'm never going to my wife. Okay? So that's not a smart move. And if I love you, try to do it now. This is not going to work. However, right, the concept of it makes sense. You know how much someone loves you in part, in a large part, by the things that they have. Right? Words are great, but how they show to you actually. Think about it when your mom tells you, hey, please do it. I love it. And you're like, oh, or your husband, or think about when your parents possibly get older and they can't take care of themselves. There's going to be some things that you might need to do that you never wanted to do, and that's what is love for Right? Like, love, like your love, puts the other person first. And so it is. The way that you treat one another, the way that you serve one another, is in large part how much you love something somewhere and how much they love you. The reason I'm bringing this up in your mind is because there's a great illustration today in the text about what Jesus is doing. And this is it. Everybody wants Jesus. Everybody really talks about Jesus. Jesus is the most popular person ever. Everybody wants to be around Jesus, but Jesus is the most misunderstood. Most misunderstood person. So we think about his love, and yeah, we all love what Jesus is doing, really. So today you're going to see what Jesus' love looks like. And what does it look like when he loves others like Jesus? And Jesus demonstrates what he would do for us. You know, I would do anything for love with him. He could see the part of what he does for that. That's what we're going to talk about. We passed his last week during the series called Beginning of the End, and this is the last week of Jesus' birthday life. On Sunday, he rolls into town. The king, there's a parade and his honor, and everybody's like, Jesus, you know, the king is here. By Wednesday, uh, he has removed himself from the public, and uh, he's on the most wanted list by the Jewish authorities. Anybody that sees this guy starts to report him so that he can be arrested and killed. Judas, by Wednesday, um, his one of his disciples, betrays him, tells him not to do it, and he's going to be killed. So this plan to kill Jesus in most of Jesus is aware of all of it. Okay? So he heads out of town, goes to Bethany, a couple miles east of the city, and now. It's not. It goes back to the group. Back, back to where he knows exactly what's going to happen. Sunday, he was the king. Tomorrow, he's going to be king. He goes to have this one last episode of the day with his disciples. In the midst of what Jesus is going to knowing what was going to happen, who's he thinking about? He thinks about his disciples. He wants to spend some time with Jesus. What teaching? What time? We want to have this meal. They don't understand it. He told them they don't get it. This is the last So Jesus goes, and now we're we, we, we here about this, this upper room to understand. Uh, this is one of the plain dead times we get. This is like, oh, party time. Nobody like Jesus is coming to He's in trouble. And people are out to get him and kill him. And so this upper room was a secret meeting. Imagine that being a revolutionary war. This is a war time. It's generally used to be officers or spy that has information, right? You find like a secret sympathizer that will allow you to use your home, make a good home, right? So they can use the secret meeting. That's the upper room. They're meeting secretly. This is crazy. So this is why 
kind of tired of it, So they're in this upper room, and again, don't, don't take to this idea of dependent dimension or dimension. You can have it in mind, like that's the last chapter. Don't talk about sitting in chairs around the table like this and Jesus is going to live. And their culture probably would have been like that, more likely than the video did a good job. It's like they were reclining, coming on a couch with pillows. Really doing like, you know, laying on the side, laying on your side, resting on your elbow, and then the other hand is free to eat or do things with. So imagine that's what it would have looked like. The feet went under the table, there was a kind of, right? It's fine, around the table, more like a normal table of where everybody was sitting around it looking at each other. And then when you read the gospel account, all the interactions that happen, the way that it makes sense that they would see the thing that's important is that Jesus probably was in it again and point by Jesus' experience and God. And that's important because what we study is this, okay? In this upper room, right, this secret, in that side meeting, Jesus knows he's about to die the next day. They don't catch it, but they know it's just fucked up. You know what they're doing? They're arguing. And what are they arguing about? Literally, grown men arguing about I'm better than you. Jesus is cool. You know, I'm the cool. Jesus is like, I don't know what they say. They're arguing about who's the greatest as Jesus is about to Compare them to his death. right? And the reason why I'm kind of get a picture of this is what's what probably happening is this. Judas sat beside Jesus. Now, again, I'm saying in the culture, if you, the closer you are to the guest of honor, and in this case, we'll read Jesus the rabbi, the closer you are to the rabbi, the, the guest of honor, that means that you're more important, more honor for you. The further you are away from the guest of honor, that means you're less important. So there's a, you know, there's seating. Because at work, you've got parking spots, you've got guests. Certain people get certain offices at the work or at a team, you know, get the bench and everything, other people get somebody to whatever. In every circumstance, in every circle of people, you know the parking spots, right? So the people that are the important ones in the Judas, anytime you see a list of disciples in the New Testament, you know whose name is first? Judas. You know whose name is last? Judas. Judas sits in the seat of honor. And everybody kicked off about it. It's just what's happening. This is insane. Grown men and abilities and seniors, and this is what they're arguing about. What Jesus thinking? I don't know what he's thinking. I'm going with him. But that's what's happening. It's not easy. Who's the greatest? Who gets to sit by Jesus? In the midst of this, in the midst of this, Jesus did that. He's been teaching them at the time. This, this, this is not about being great. It's about being a servant. Matthew, chapter 20, it says, The Son of Man came to not, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, how many times he talks about something like that? There's so many And their culture, this isn't just like a symbol. Like, he walks in with this expensive thing that he would do. That's what he would do. He would move to you. Um, did anybody hear that when people come into your house, do people take their shoes off? Do you expect them to take their shoes off? Do you ask them to take their shoes off? Do they expect them to take their shoes off? I know you do. You think that I live here. I'm like, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in this place. And I came here, I'm not going to lie. I thought you guys come to me to see Every time I come into your house, in the beginning, you're looking at my feet. What do you mean? It was, it was 
shoes. They go on my feet. What am I supposed to do with them? Uh, you put them back. Okay, whatever. Like, that's all you want to do. You're like, why are you making me take my feet on the shoes off? I see my shoes off. It was weird. I didn't grow up like that. I get it now. It snows 10 months of the year, and you don't want to mop every five seconds. So, don't you take the shoes off. I get it now. Imagine it's like that. They didn't have shoes. They had sandals or barefoot. They walk on dirt roads. They were dirty. They had to be really dirty feet. So, every time you walk into a house, guess what? You need to keep walking. And so, basically, then when you watch feet, it was uh, the least important or the youngest member of the family or the lowest servant. It was their job to watch feet when you get there. The upper room, the person who owned the upper room, they would have blessed the culture. They would have blessed a bowl of water, a basin of water with some salad, so that they could watch the feet. So notice what must have happened. All of those guys who came to the upper room, you see the plan that I mean, they are the people who have to do. They walk right past that way. Not one of them stopped. Pick up the guy. Not one of them said, hey, I'll watch this tonight, guys. But I see the person. And now they're arguing about who's the greatest. The Jesus. And so, they said, they've got to run. They've got to run. And they're the Jesus. You know why? And we look at Peter and say, oh, Peter, you're so humble. Oh, you're so cool. Jesus, don't wash my people. Notice what he didn't say. Mom, I bet you think that's He didn't say, Jesus, no, don't wash my feet. Let me wash yours. He didn't say that, did he? I kind of think maybe he's like side-eyed Jesus over there. He's in his feet, right? He's sitting beside Jesus, and Peter's probably like, yeah, Jesus, you shouldn't be the one doing this. I don't know, but notice, none of the disciples say, hey, I want feet. Is it like dinner time at the house, you know? It's like, you're like, oh, it's delicious. Who raises your hand to watch the dish? This is a static, right? Unless they have and he goes to Peter, and Peter's like, no, 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 no. But it's called the humble, the prideful thing. And then he, and the priest, you know, he's saying, it's bad. It's like, no, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. I understand the culture, the rabbi, the rabbi would never, never, never do it. And the disciples of a rabbi, would never allow it, ask it, accept it. It was a no-no. Never would have happened. And this is another kind of reason why you can have a little bit Who would write in their rabbi, their, their hero, their leader, God, coming to earth, loving Tobin, having that kind of people? Even the enemy, the people And they're like, nope, nope. Sometimes I can do that. Tell Jesus how I'll be going to the world. And I can step out of that. That is good. So, Peter, you start doing this. Jesus said to you, that's what they do. They're like, I have a step out of it. They didn't understand that. 
best medicine for this, to fill out soul, the best medicine for this is to be a follower of Jesus and put this into others. And somehow, when I put the needs of others first, it actually benefits my soul. It benefits me. It benefits others. Jesus is way of actually better. You think about it, a psalm to pick up a tree and say the word, pick up a place of truth. It's what's bad. And so don't expect to be great. The definition of greatness is that we need to have faith. The definition of greatness is that we just have humble and we need to have faith. Do you know that you just don't have faith? It's going to be a good thing that we're going to have Moms love to do that for the joke, but I've never done that. You've seen that, right? You look at things and you look at them and say, Mom, you have to judge that. Oh, I'm loving you, Mark. I just care about you. You're going to have to Mom, I'm 28. It's weird. Now it's just weird and gross. Okay, I'm kidding. You lost a mom. I'm just kidding. Like, here's what I'm saying. What's the definition of this? It's like, what? Do you notice what they do? All of us are a little different. When is a kid of yours? Everybody has different rules on this, right? When is it dirty? For me, <laughs> I know I'm the first one. Like, it's not dirty until it really smells. But, and then it's cologne, right? Just spray on some on. It's fine. It's give me another day or two. Like, ah, this is me. Right? That's me. I get it. That's me. You may be different. What about bathing and showering? Do you take a bath? Or do you shower? One thing that I've noticed is things like the fashion people, the people who like to sit in a hot tub of water, whatever, things for you. You know, people that take baths, they seem to think it lasts longer than a shower. Oh, a shower every day. That's kind of a day. Whatever. Again, we all have our own rules about this. And it causes arguments sometimes and disagreements in our homes and our marriages and our relationships. Like, I showered a, mo- a week ago, Mom. You haven't just started thinking four days ago, buddy. Like, you got to do this thing again, right? And like even dating, like you get to know some people's hygiene and habits, and you're like, oh, I might be out. You know, like we all have a different definition of cleanliness. The reason I bring this up is because Jesus, what did he tell Peter? You may not want this, but it's for you. Why? If you're in there, God's presence is a Now, Now, he told Peter, Peter, you're cool. I'm not that cool. Remember, he walked off to see what Peter could do with his mouth. Some of us are like, you know, this is crazy. So, if Jesus were here and I saw him hurting, I would say, of course I did. We just had to stop right here.